Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones, and I have another quiet talk for you here that I hope will be a blessing to you. One of the most abused words in the English language right now is the word science. There was a time when that word captured our imagination, made us want to learn new things. At this moment in our culture, it's become a club to shut people up and beat them into submission. Groupthink is the enemy of true science. The word science is from a Latin word that simply means knowledge or awareness. With so much knowledge out there, so much science, what is most important to know? One person can't know everything. You must, by necessity, be selective. Well, there's one area of knowledge that is vital to every person, and that is the knowledge of God. What is God like, really? What you believe God is like will set the course of your life. Jesus Christ prayed these words shortly before he was arrested and crucified. And this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In any pursuit of specialized knowledge, it always helps to know where to start. When it comes to knowing God, there is only one place to start. At the Last Supper, Philip said to Jesus, Lord, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus was astounded at this request. He replied, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus came to show us what God is like. God is just like Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, 3 says of the Son, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. In a similar vein, Paul wrote in Colossians 1 that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. No Jesus, no God. Nothing is more important to your life than this knowledge. So I want to offer a very brief outline of some of the things Jesus revealed about God in his life on this earth. Remember what he said to Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, you have seen God. First of all, Jesus Christ is a bondage breaker. In Mark chapter 5, the Bible tells how that one day Jesus met a demon-possessed man who was living in the local graveyard. This wild man could not be bound even with chains. Night and day, he cried out in agony and cut himself with stones. No help could be found for this pitiful creature until Jesus came his way. He set this poor man free from the bondage that he had been in for so long. Jesus said in Luke 4.18, 
the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and to release the oppressed. Jesus can break any chain. He is a bondage breaker, and that's what God is like. Secondly, Jesus is a sickness healer. One day a woman approached him who had been suffering with bleeding for 12 years. She had spent every penny she had on doctors, but was only getting worse. She heard about Jesus and thought to herself, If only I can touch the fringe of his robe, then I will be healed. She didn't speak to Jesus. She just came close to him in the crowd and without his notice reached out her finger and touched him. She was instantly healed. The power of God stopped her bleeding for good. There is no sickness that is too hard for Jesus to heal because Jesus is the sickness healer, and that's what God is like. Thirdly, Jesus Christ is a bread provider. The only miracle that appears in all four of the Gospels is Jesus' feeding of the 5,000. He had taught the people all day, and when evening came, the disciples told Jesus, you'd better send these people home so they can eat. Jesus replied, you feed them. The disciples said, all we have is, is a little boy's lunch, five small loaves of bread and two fish. You know the story. Jesus took this little meal and fed a vast multitude. There were 12 baskets of food left over. Everybody went home that day satisfied. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus is a bread provider, and that's what God is like. Fourth, Jesus is a peacemaker. Once after a hard day of ministry, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat to cross over the Sea of Galilee. Jesus was exhausted and shortly fell asleep. While he was sleeping, a tremendous storm arose on the sea. The disciples were frantic. They thought they were all going to drown. Finally, they woke Jesus up and they said to him, Lord, don't you care that we're drowning here? Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves and said, Peace, be still. And immediately the storm was calmed. Are you in a storm today that you fear will overwhelm you? Call out to Jesus. He is the peacemaker. He can make the waves be still. He can give you a peace inside that the worst storm on earth cannot touch. He said to his disciples in John 14, 27, 
peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Jesus is the peacemaker, and that's what God is like. Fifth, Jesus Christ is a broken heart mender. Some of Jesus' dearest friends while he was on earth were Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother who lived in the village of Bethany. One day, Jesus got word that Lazarus was sick. Instead of coming immediately to heal him, he delayed, and when he finally arrived, Lazarus was dead. Mary and Martha were heartbroken. They thought their friend had failed them. But when Jesus arrived in Bethany, he didn't just bring his condolences. He brought with him resurrection power. He raised Lazarus from the tomb and healed their broken hearts. Perhaps your heart is broken today. I can't promise you a bodily resurrection, at least not yet. But I can promise that if you pour out your broken heart to Jesus, he will mend it. Because Jesus is a broken heart mender, and that's what God is like. Sixth, Jesus is a sin forgiver. One day, a Pharisee invited Jesus to a meal in his home. A woman in that town heard that Jesus was there and came and anointed him with a precious ointment. She also poured out her own tears on his feet. You see, this woman was the town prostitute. The self-righteous Pharisee looked down on her because of her past. But Jesus said to her, Woman, your sins are forgiven. People like this woman and people like me and you don't need somebody to point out how wicked we are. We don't need to be told that we could have done better. We already know that. What we need is mercy. We need forgiveness. And this is just what Jesus specializes in. Jesus is a sin forgiver. He paid the price on Calvary so we could be free from the guilt of sin. Nothing Jesus did in this world shows more clearly what God is like than his crucifixion. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Which brings me to the last point I have time to make here. Jesus is a life giver. John writes, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Some years ago, I sat by the bedside of my father as he died. I had never sat with anybody and watched them die before. My impression then was that death is unnatural. God didn't create us to die, but to live. Death has come because of sin, but Jesus came to bring resurrection life. 1 John 
5, 11, and 12 says, And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. My dear friend listening to me right now, what comes to your mind when you hear the word God? The picture you have of him will determine the course of your life. I want you to know that God is just like Jesus Christ. Jesus is the image of God, the exact imprint of his nature. If you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. And Jesus is the bondage breaker, the sickness healer, the bread provider, the peacemaker, the broken heart mender, the sin forgiver, and the life giver. Put your life in his loving hands today. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those listening to this message, Lord, in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, who is all these things and more. I pray for them that the Spirit of God would open their understanding to see the beauty of Christ and to see that he has revealed to us what God is like. And I pray that that everyone listening to me will embrace you, dear Lord God, will fall before you, and if necessary, will turn to you and confess their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ and know the joy and the peace and the healing and the forgiveness that comes in Jesus. And I pray it in his powerful name. Amen. My dear friend, I would love to hear from you. And if I don't already have your email address, then you email me and I want to put you on my list to send out links when I op- uh, or when I upload these messages to send you a little greeting, a word of encouragement. My email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.